first, a Facebook comment means we have to retread some very well-worn ground on the show. I also want to talk about Dave Chappelle's latest Netflix special. That and more on today's Corey Truax Show. There is a very important line between playing your greatest hits and playing reruns. So it's very different in the world of entertainment to just have the same episodes of I Love Lucy or Andy Griffith over and over and over again and going to a concert from Bon Jovi and you just know you have to hear Living on a Prayer because you got to play your greatest hits, right? And at some level, I'm struggling with this first topic today because I, because I can't decide if I'm, if I'm about to be a rerun or if I'm, a, I'm about to play my greatest hits because what I'm about to say You've heard it all before. Those of you that have been here for all four years of the show, heck, if you've been here for half the show, I know within the last 18 months I've had to say something like this. We come back to this pillar in the teaching and the ethos of the show all the time. And now i got to do it again. I will dive into that in just a moment. But first, my name is Corey Truax. We're dedicated to smarter, deeper, better talk here on about everything here on the Corey Truax Show. If you're listening live on 91 and 92.9 FM, thank you for doing so, listening to his radio talk. We're grateful that you do. And wherever you listen to the podcast on demand for that, I am deeply grateful because that's where the money is made. I'm just kidding. That's not the only reason I'm grateful. That is just where, it's just one of, the, one of the reasons that I'm grateful for. Thank you for listening to the podcast. What else am I? Oh, yeah, I'm the uh, pastor for teaching at Beachwood Church. Beachwood Church is in Greenville, South Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030. We'd love to have you any given Sunday morning there in Greenville. Here's how it all began. I was just doing a playful thing on my social media. I did it out on Twitter and Facebook because I, because I know it's not popular amongst my, my listenership, and I like to do things like that. I like to to say the unpopular thing. I think it's just kind of fun, especially about things that don't matter. And so I tossed out there on Facebook that I like the NFL better than college. I think it's a more entertaining, excuse me, when it comes to football, I think it's a more entertaining product. I enjoy watching NFL games more than I watch watching watching college games, primarily because the talent differential is so vast that what you're watching in the NFL is truly the greatest athletes on the planet right now. And someone responded uh, something about how they, for college, because there's no protests, no one's kneeling down for the national anthem. And so I went, uh, maybe more smart like than I should, uh, went back at that commenter with just, uh, because she was talking down in the NFL. And I was just giving the facts. The NFL dominates college when it comes to revenue, viewership, TV viewership. Like it's, it's not close. If you even get to web traffic, like the NFL dominates college football in every way, as it should be, because I don't know if any of you college football fans know, but that's a college. It's not, a, it's not supposed to be a college. It's not, it's not a team. It's not an athletic team. It's supposed to be a place where people go to college, go to school, and we have turned them into these athletic programs, and that's a whole other topic for another day. And so, but in my snide and sarcastic response to this commenter, I said something about the uh, – you know what? That part doesn't matter. I'm going to hold that back. I, I did make fun of the National Anthem a little bit. I said, you're upset about people not standing for your special song. And I, I think that's one of the most snowflake things there is, man. You know, it is typically folks 
on the right and typically older folks on the right that like to call college kids and those millennials and Gen Zers, Generation Z, these snowflakes who get their feelings hurt too easily. You know what? You got your feelings hurt over one person not standing for your national anthem. How about you get over your pettiness, okay? You're such a snowflake being upset by that. But that exchange just had me then go out on Facebook and say, if you value the national anthem, it's for a Christian specifically, for a Christian, if you value the national anthem over the Apostles' Creed, you have a gigantic problem. That's the end of my quote. This, doctrinally, this is inarguable. The way, I, Especially the way I said it. I said it specifically. If you value the national anthem more than the Apostles' Creed, you have a giant problem. That's called idolatry. It doesn't say you can't value your country or value the national anthem, but let me tell you this. If you value your country over the kingdom of God, I'm not saying something controversial here. I'm just right. You're wrong. What you have is an idol. It's called sin. It's something to, be, it's something to repent of. If you love America and your national anthem more than you love the kingdom of God. If you feel more affinity for Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, more than you feel for Paul, the apostle, Peter, and John, yeah, we got a big problem, and it's called idolatry. And so it shouldn't even be a controversial thing to say, but we have so many folks who worship America and have equated the two things, the kingdom of God and America, that one commenter said, very literally, no, I can have both. That was the beginning of the response. No, I can have both. So he's talking about National Anthem and the Apostles' Creed. And then there was an illustration uh, just like, I don't know, his parents used to say or something. It's like cookies and milk. You know, sometimes these things just naturally go to, some, sometimes things naturally go together. So I want to respond to that. And again, this is well-worn ground. We've gone over it a bunch. But it's still something out there. We need to be reminded of it. And maybe one time I say it, you'll be equipped to respond to this in your own life with someone in your own life. So let me respond to that thinking. Here we go. To the first statement, I can have both. I can have both. My love of country and my love of God or love of the kingdom of God. Oh, it's really testy language. And I have so... My, my nature is just to respond to it really aggressively, but let me see if I can take a different tact here. My first thought is just this. Why would you want both or need both? When I think about the, the glory that is the kingdom of God, I think about the wonder of the king of that kingdom. And then I think about the United States. In all of her splendor, in all of her really awesome history, Oh, but it's nothing compared to the kingdom of God. Why would you want your loyalty to both? The affection for one should be so much higher than the affection for the other. It's like having the same affection for, for, the, for the idea that you, are, uh, you, you own your own island. It has all kinds of cool stuff on it, but you also really, really value the RV that you have that sits on a quarter of an acre with a window unit, air conditioner. You light a fire outside in the yard in the winter for, for warmth. Like, I value these the same. Well, you shouldn't. One is awesome. One is eternal. 
and the other is so transient. Man, it's so good. I don't. That doesn't mean America is bad. It doesn't mean it has no value. But compared to the kingdom of God, why on earth would you want both? I don't want both. I want the one. I want the one that's going to be here in 10 trillion years. That's the one I feel loyal to. That's the one I want. But then also, I can have both. I can have both of these things. I can have my love of country, and I can have my love of the kingdom. Can I challenge you on Scripture for that? Because what the comment was is I can have both. Just like my mom and dad said, cookies and you know, some cookies and milk, some things go together. Yeah, I don't tend to care about what moms and dads say and what tradition says and what old anecdotes say, what the old wives' tales are. Where do we find truth, guys? Is it what our, our, our pappy and grandpappy said? No! Now, if, if our grandparents said biblical things, then that's where we get our wisdom. But if they didn't say biblical things... And sometimes they thought they were saying biblical things, and they were wrong. Where we find wisdom is the Bible. Where we find truth is the Bible. And so for anyone who would say, uh, I could toss out anything there. If I said, if you feel more loyalty to fill in the blank than than uh, than the Apostles' Creed, then you've got a problem. That would be true of literally anything. If you feel more loyalty to your Southern heritage, if you feel more loyalty to your college football team, if you feel more loyalty to this local organization you're a part of or this, lo- this, this club that you're a part of, for this matter, I know it makes everybody uncomfortable, but there's a point Jesus was making when he said in Luke 14, oh no, 26 maybe, when he says, you know, if anyone comes to me, doesn't hate his father and he doesn't doesn't hate his mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. If he doesn't even hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That that was a hard thing to say. But you know what Jesus would say to the person who says, No, I can have both. I can love my country and, and, and I can I can love the kingdom of God the same. He would say, No, you can't. You will have the one chief allegiance. You will follow me. Jesus, as your king, because I am worthy of your worship and your following, and everything else will pale in, your com- in comparison to your allegiance and love for me. So no, you can have both. From the Bible, from Scripture, from Jesus, no, you can't. He went a step further than country. He went to your family. And guys, there's actually an old Jewish, uh, it's not used much anymore, but I read, ah, I forgot that guy's name. Uh, ben Shapiro, the commentator, pointed me this direction on one of his shows. There's a Jewish commentator that showed that one of the old wedding vows in Jewish circles would actually say, uh, like a, uh, the, the groom would say to the bride, the bride would say to the groom, uh, that they hate the, their, their own parents, their own family. They would use that language as a matter of comparison. What they were saying was, my old allegiance to my own family, my old allegiance to my old brothers and sisters, I love them. I love them deeply. But I love you so much, and I love what we're creating so much, that in comparison, as much as I love them, it doesn't even look like love because I love you so much. It is likely Jesus was drawing from that tradition when he said that. And so when you come and say, no, I can have both, what else can you have both of? I can have Jesus and this habit or addiction. 
I can have Jesus and this pride and arrogance. I can have Jesus and this greed. I can have Jesus and this, this, uh, this sexual deviancy. What, what, what can you have and Jesus? What dual loyalty would you have? Jesus would stand and say, you will choose one. And if you are having trouble choosing your chief loyalty, your chief identity, you are not one of his. I could go on. I would, I would include First John here. Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. Uh, I think it gets there to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life eventually. But this does not mean you cannot be patriotic or love your country. But these things are of the world. If you think America is any different, ultimately you are wrong. Yeah, America has more Christian foundations than fill in the country, probably of any country in the human history. Is, is America, does America have a more Christian foundation than any other place? Yeah, probably. Now, in comparison to the kingdom of God, this is like me comparing this is when people compare their, compare their sins to one another. Well, I'm not too bad compared to this felon. All right, well, all of us compared to Jesus, we've got a big old problem. All right? So do not love the world or the things that are in the world. All right, don't love your country too much. It can be an idol. I thought we even had. Don't, man, this used to, it's, it's so funny. It tends to be the older set that feels so deeply patriotic that they, and they've, They've identified Jesus with their own country as if Jesus is an American or something. But those are the ones that wrote all the cool songs about this. Like, I'm kind, Beulah Land, I'm kind of homesick for a country that I've never been before. No, you aren't. You're not homesick for heaven. You love it here too much. They're the ones that wrote, uh, uh, Not Made With Hands, I think is that old hymn. Uh, not Made With Hands. I, I can't remember the... Uh, the, the lyrics, but I want a city not made with hands. Do you? You seem to love this place a lot. That whole idea of, I mean, the, the, this is, the, this is the, the generation that wrote things like, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will go, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know what's not strangely dim for a lot of people? Their love of country. Because they love it so much, they think it's the same thing. As the kingdom of God. You know what's grown strangely dim to me? I, I do have affection and gratefulness for where I get to live. I don't have this, I don't have anything near the affection for this place as I do my eternal home. It has grown strangely dim to me. I'll give you just a couple more scripture on this because that's where we should find truth. We find we find truth in the scripture. I think it's Luke 9. I think it's Luke 9. Could be Luke 10. This is where there are people who want to follow Jesus, but they're all, uh, I need to go bury my father. Uh, and Jesus says, leave the dead to bury their own dead. And there's one that says, uh, but first I need to go home and tell everybody bye. And Jesus rebukes him on that. I think we've got a group of people, it's smaller and smaller all the time, but a group of people that would say to Jesus, well, hold on, I, I don't want to leave my country behind because it's very important to me. My, my little country that's been here since 1789 is going to go away sometime soon. It's a little blip on the, ra- on the radar of history. I really, really, really need it. And Jesus would say, all right, well, don't follow. 
One of the things I would love for you to take out of this segment and this commentary is love Jesus enough to know your little affection for something else. Is it worth your affection? Your country has disappointed you. You know who won't? Jesus. Last thought. In Matthew 21, Jesus has his triumphal entry, and there's a bunch of people thinking he's about to come in and set up his political kingdom. And Jesus makes clear throughout the entire Passion Week, my kingdom is not of this world. What I came to do was not of governments. What I came to do was eternal. And what I am asking you to the Facebook commenter and for any of the other people in your life like this is value those things that are not of this world above the things that are of this world. The United States of America is of this world. It's been good It's a good thing. It is not the ultimate thing. It is not God's ultimate good. It will fade away. I can't imagine you're particularly positive about it right now. If you look around your own culture. So value that which is eternal, not that which is temporal. I could do this all the way for the entire show. I'm not going to. I've already gone longer than I wanted. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come back. We're going to move on to Dave Chappelle's most recent special. i got a lot more I want to do on the show today, but we needed to retread that well-worn ground based on that Facebook comment, and we just did. So now we'll put it behind us. We'll be back with the rest of the Corey Truax show for this week in just a moment. Stick with us. It's now occurring to me that there was more from that Facebook thread that... I got to get to. You know, ultimately, Facebook comments are in some way other listener feedback. And a lot of my show is just listener feedback. It's what you guys write in about. And so I'm going to consider that to be some more listener feedback. I want to cover that. And I'll get to this Dave Chappelle thing here in a bit. There's there's some really good stuff there. Uh, But first, the thing we like to do at this portion of the show at this time every week is remind you, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can follow along in life or for current event purposes or generally just connect on social media. It's good to know what's going on. I provide you content throughout the week, and you can also give feedback as these folks have. So please follow along. Look for me, Corey Truax, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find the show on demand anywhere podcasts are distributed, and I certainly hope you will, and share it with others. Now, there's a couple other things on that Facebook thread that need to get mentioned. You know, it all emanated from that comment about how I just prefer the NFL to college. And there was, I was giving all the stats of of how the NFL technically still dominates college. So in revenue and in TV ratings, by the measurements you would have for ad, for ad revenue, uh, sale of merchandise, and that's actually incredible that the NFL does sell more merchandise because consider there's like... Is that 120 something Division One teams, maybe, between the Group of Five and the and the Power Five. But still, when it comes to just jersey sales and all the different merchandise that comes from the NFL, the NFL outsells with its 32 teams. It outsells the hundred and some odd teams from college. Like in every way, the NFL dominates college. And I had one comment that just kind of got under my skin. I had one comment that was. Well, you know, the uh, college stadiums have to fill college stadiums. There's way more college stadiums around the country than there are the you know, the 16 stadiums that are full every Sunday for, for NFL because there's only 32 teams. Now, people say that about the NFL, but I, here, here was the key that got to me. But I just don't see it. Oh, what a way to live. I just don't see it. 
you don't see math? Here's the numbers. It doesn't matter if you don't see it. It's just true. True is true whether you see it or not. I can't imagine living life in a way where I look at statistics that show me one thing, and then I say, well, I just have this other thought, so I'm just going to keep it. Well, you know, stadiums are full, so I'm going to keep my other thought despite all the evidence contrary to what I already believe. And then I saw that replicated further. This is not about NFL and college guys. This is about us as people. Like, we can't be those people. Don't be the person that says, oh, I have this opinion. And then there's, here's all this, here's the data and evidence to say, your opinion's wrong. You're incorrect. And then say, well, I don't think so. I'm just going to go ahead and keep my opinion despite all the evidence, uh, all, the, all the evidence and reason against it. Now that then got added on to, because I was listening to the Ben Shapiro special, you know, because I don't ever want to copy other guys, especially big names, because it's likely you that listen to me, it's very unlikely you don't listen to like a Matt Walsh or a Ben Shapiro, something like that. Very few of you would be in that cross-section. You're listening to me and not listening to them. So I never want to copy them. right? And so even stylistically, I try not to listen to too many other people because I don't want to be a copycat. It's just not a good way to do broadcasting. But I do always listen to the Ben Shapiro Sunday special because he's interviewing someone else. And you're getting that other perspective. In this last week, he interviewed uh, the little girl. From, I sh- oh, that's so condescending. That's my bad. Uh, let's go with the young lady from One America News. Uh, it's a little. It's a, this is not condescending. It's just factual. Tiny little cable network. It's actually where Tommy Laren. That oh, that woman. Uh, that's where Tommy Laren got her start. And this is just the new Tommy Laren. Her name is Jessica Wheeler. Liz Wheeler. There's a Wheeler in there. And she's just a less attractive but slightly more intelligent, which is not saying much, Tommy Laren. And she says equally bombastic things just to get attention, and it's supposed to be, it's adorable and it gets attention because it's a young, mildly attractive woman saying things that usually young, mildly attractive women don't say. Right? That's supposed to be why it's entertaining. And so she's a big Trump thumper. Like it's a big deal in her life. She loves the guy. And here's Ben Shapiro laying out all the data and the evidence that shows that the president's behavior is actually his Achilles heel when it comes to this coming election. He was showing how what happened really in 2016 was that Donald Trump performed about like Mitt Romney. He performed about like John McCain. He didn't really outperform those guys. I think I've given you the stat before that should settle all of this. Uh, Mitt Romney won more votes in Wisconsin than Donald Trump did. Focus on that for a minute. Mitt Romney got more votes in Wisconsin than Trump did. Therefore, was Trump winning Wisconsin about Trump being awesome, or was it about Hillary Clinton being terrible? It was about Hillary Clinton being terrible. So uh, Donald Trump actually performed right in line with Romney and McCain. It was Hillary that underperformed. And so all of the the math and the stats and the data are there to show that, and then showing... Uh, that it's it's actually the, the tweeting and the behavior that's making people not come his way. And we have all the stats and the data. And she's just like, yeah, I don't believe polls. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe polling. Y- y- what? You just don't believe data? We have good social science and or science. What do you mean you, don't, you just don't believe it? You just choose not to? Because your intuition tells you not to? And she even tried to get to a little bit of, you know, the polls were wrong in 2016. No, they weren't. The polls thought Hillary Clinton would win the popular vote nationally by about 3%. You know what she did? 
She won it by like two and a half percent. That's what the polls measured. And they were right. Polls are actually really accurate. Unless you just you don't feel like they are. You live in your feelings and your emotions. You don't look at the actual facts. And so I saw this thing on my Facebook feed where it's like, yeah, people say that the, uh, the NFL is more popular, but I just don't see it. And here's Ben Shapiro illustrating, here's all the ways in which your opinion is wrong. Yeah, I just don't see it that way. I just disagree. I don't like it. Like, we just got to be better than that. We have to be people more intellectually mature that we don't live that way. And then there was one more from my social media stuff. The, I don't even remember what the conversation was about. I, I wasn't getting involved with it. I really don't respond to comments anymore, ever. And I don't really read the comments even. I've got to that spot where people are having a discussion underneath something I post, and I have no idea what, what's going on there. But someone was trying to make a point, and they were giving a citation from a news story, and they cited either, I don't know, it was like Axios, maybe it was Reuters, and they're making their point, giving a citation, and the only response was the name of the news source. Just shot that back at them like it was an argument. Well, you're getting your news from you're, you're getting your news from Axios, so you're getting your news from Reuters or Vice or whatever. All right, so that's not an argument. It's also low intellect. Did you know that CNN could say true things? Ooh, get this too. Did you know Donald Trump can say true things? So when you hear something, your the intellectual mature thing to do is never to go, well, that comes from a source I don't trust. You evaluate the piece of information with the information you have. You measure it against what things are known and then to, and figure it out. Whether that's Donald Trump saying it or CNN saying it or Axios saying it or Reuters saying it or Vice saying it, responding with, yeah, I don't trust that source. Oh, grow up. Grow up about how we interact with each other. With, well, you know, that person said it. I don't trust that person. Oh, gosh. Grow up enough to evaluate the information on its own merits. Okay. That's all I can do there. Uh, we got we to gotta move. Dave Chappelle. I want to go there next, and because this could take the rest of the show, but there's so much more I want to do. Here we go, though. Dave Chappelle. Uh, he was recently, he recently had released a new special. I mentioned, mentioned on the show before, I am a big fan of stand-up comedy. Like, I, I love it. And... I watched it. I will not say I can recommend it in total because, oh boy, that is a a lot of f words and a lot of other language. And guy, it's some of the content. It make you uncomfortable. That's one of the purposes of comedy is to make you uncomfortable in your uh, your presuppositions. Like it, it's challenging. But Dave Chappelle is a top five comedian of all time. He he's, I mean, the guy took on everybody in the special. There were three things in particular he brought up, and uh, because of the nature of the recording, uh, it's hard to give you some of these sound clips because of all of the editing of the language you have to take out. I only was able to do one. I'm going to play a clip for you now. But in three three different things that he brought up, I I want to discuss with you. One is he had a, a set on abortion and then on LGBT rights and also about us as people. And so we're going to start with the one that is about abortion. I'm going to play that for you now from the latest Dave Chappelle special. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on Netflix if you have interest. Here is Dave Chappelle. I'll be real with you, and I know nobody gives a f*** what I think anyway. Uh, I'm not for abortion. Oh, shut up. 
<laughs> I'm not for it, but I'm not against it either. It all depends on who I get pregnant. <laughs> and ladies, to be fair to us, I also believe if you decide to have the baby, a man should not have to pay. That's fair. If you can kill this mother, I can at least abandon him. Oh, that is harsh. That's what I'm talking about with this special. There's some dark stuff there. But Chappelle, who said he was for he was for abortion, right? He says he's for abortion, or excuse me, he's not against abortion, but he's not for it. I'll tell you the argument he just made is a very a very pro life position. He even said kill. He said, "Kill the child. If if I, if you get to kill him, I don't. I can at least abandon him." Of course, he's making a joke. But that's part of what comedy does. Comedy exposes some of our irrational conclusions, and that's one of the ones on abortion that it, it such a, there is an inconsistency because we say to the mom when she gets pregnant. You're in total control. Whatever you want to do here is morally good and upstanding and right and good. The moment she decides to have that kid and it's outside the womb, the, and also we say, we say the inverse. So a woman is pregnant. She has all the power. And a man, you have no say in this. Literally, we say no uterus, no opinion. That's one of the arguments. Even if you're the father, no uterus, no opinion. The moment that kid is born, he is 100% your responsibility, sir. You better pay up right now. Now, granted, Men, take care of your kids. Also, men, stop having kids you can't take care of. That's that, too. But it's a great point Chappelle makes. We, we have empowered the woman in a way that's really weird, that she gets to decide whether it's human life or not, and if she decides it's human life, then everybody else has to care. Of course that's irrational. Of course that is absurd. One key thing always to come back to on abortion is even on those arguments about uh, anything, truly anything. I think this is important. No matter your opinion on abortion, the only, I do mean this so sincerely, the only thing that matters is, what is it? Nothing else matters. No, no other little opinion you have about sexual ethics or parenting or who pays for what, literally nothing matters, but what is it? What's in the womb? Is it a person? All right, we can't kill it. A conversation finished. Now, because we're, we're not killing people. We're not in that business. So there's Chappelle. He made that point, and it reminded me of something from my own life. I'm going to give you a quick illustration, and we'll get back to the Chappelle special. As a young buck back in the day, I think I was 20 years old in the uh, my, one of my college years. This was sophomore, junior year. I think it was junior year. I was in the South Carolina uh, State Student Senate, which means we actually got to go to Columbia and sit in the Senate chamber. Like I got to sit at the desks of the senators, and I was there debating legislation with students from Clemson, South Carolina, and the Citadel, and College of Charleston, uh, Lander, USC Upstate, uh, all these delegations. And I was making a satirical point. I was trying to do what Chappelle is here. So, by the way, Ch Chappelle, is, he's ripping off my joke from 19 years, wait, I guess not 19 years ago, but from like 10 years ago. I was in the South Carolina Senate, and I wrote a bill that, would, that says, fathers half. Fathers have a method whereby, we want to create a method whereby a father can go to a judge and appeal for his 
his responsibilities to be aborted. Because if a woman has the ability to abort her responsibilities by killing a child, well, we have inequity now. Now we have inequality, and we cannot handle inequality amongst the sexes and the genders. That would be wrong. And so if a woman gets, has a chance to abandon her responsibilities, then a man deserves that right too. Of course, I didn't want the bill to pass. Of course, this was a satirical point. I do recall one of the two senators from Citadel voted for it, and he was the only one. And literally of 40 people in the room, he was the only one that voted for it. And I was like, bro, you need to get the joke. That is a terrible vote. You, I, I didn't even vote for my own bill because I was trying to make a point. It was satire. But Chappelle makes that point, and it's a good one on abortion. When we come back, he makes an LGBT, LGBT point, another point about the audience. And also, there are some bills now circulating through Congress regulating how we're going to use social media possibly in the future. There's a lot more I would love to do if we can get to it all on the show today. So stick with us for the remainder of the Corey Truax Show. So much to do and so little time to do it in. Oh, I ended a sentence in a preposition. So much to do and so little time in which to do it. I spent 10 seconds right there fixing my grammar. So here we go. Back to Dave Chappelle. He had some. Uh, he's in trouble, by the way. The folks on the left do not like his his jokes because he went after some of the folks he's not. You're not allowed to go after. Uh, and so I'm going to play for you some more of this Dave Chappelle special called Sticks and Stones from Netflix. Again, uh, viewer discretion is advised. It is not for the faint of heart. It's not for kids. Uh, it'd be great to have a filter on it of some sort when you watch it. Uh, but this is Dave Chappelle. He was talking about Kevin Hart. Uh, the guy who was going to host the Oscars, but folks got mad at him and he couldn't, and also some controversy that Dave Chappelle went through with the LGBT folks. And Dave Chappelle has some good content on this that we all need to listen to. See, what I didn't realize at the time and what Kevin had to learn the hard way is we were breaking an unwritten and unspoken rule of show business. And if I say it, you'll know that I'm telling you the truth. The rule is that no matter what you do in your artistic expression, you are never, ever allowed to upset the alphabet people. <laughs> you know who I mean. Those people that took 20% of the alphabet for themselves. I'd say the letters, but I don't want to conjure their anger. Ah, it's too late now. I'm talking about them L's and them B's and them G's and the T's. People be surprised. I have friends, all kinds of letters. Everybody loves me and I love everybody. I got friends who are L's, I got friends who are B's, and I got friends who are G's. But the T's hate my... Now, I think we can all, in unity, be un with unanimity, understand he's right, isn't he? Isn't that where we are culturally? And he goes on and riffs on that for another 10 or 15 minutes, that there is one sacred cow in the American culture, one group you can't make fun of, and it is the LGBT folks. I actually think it's one of the reasons that we have more, we have a, a slight uptick in those folks identifying as LGBT. I actually do think there's a genetic, because the science suggests there is a genetic component to same-sex attraction, that there's some biology happening there. But man, wouldn't it be great to be in a group that says, if you make fun of these people, you're a monster? And Chappelle then goes after them, makes fun of them primarily for that, for being bullies. 
this is a conversation I had here recently with somebody that talked about the victim status of folks in LG, the LGBT world. And I, that, that just blows my mind, the idea of being a victim. There can't possibly be a more celebrated subset of the American population. The, the group makes up 4 or 5% of the population. They make up like 15 or 20% of all TV characters. And all the TV characters are, are, are uh, illustrated very positively. There's not like a, there are no bad guys on TV that are gay people. Like, it's heroic. We literally call you heroic for being so brave. Like, how brave is it? Every time somebody comes out, we throw them a party. What, what is the bravery behind this? And he goes after it, man. And it's so accurate. Like, the, these are the folks you can't go after. Well, I'm going to go after them, is what Dave Chappelle says. They don't get to be exempt from jokes. And it's absurd that we are ending people's careers over jokes about this group. And that led me to the final... Uh, actually, now here comes my brain. There's things firing off. Subset point, unrelated to Dave Chappelle. Listen, I was having a conversation here recently about victimhood and how it's it's not a mindset that's healthy. And, and it's one where uh, we have this weird thing happening in the culture where two subcultures both like to see themselves as victims and... They're, they're fighting over who the bigger victim is. And so I, I know like in evangelical Christianity, it's this where, where I reside, there's this weird tension between thinking, you know, we are this majority and this country's ours and it belongs to us and we started it and there, there's that. But there's also this reality that the vast majority of Americans aren't in, aren't in church. The, the culture itself just hates Christians. There's legal issues fairly regularly with Christians being discriminated against and they're like we just had the thing up in North Carolina where this sheriff wouldn't be alone to train this cop up in North Carolina and uh, he was fired and now he's he's suing like there's all kinds of he wouldn't train her because of the Billy Graham rule like he was just trying to stay away from that that appearance and so then Christians start to feel victimized victimhood but then you got LGBT folks and especially secularists and folks who are advocates of LGBT folks, they feel like victims. We're the victims out here because we're just this tiny minority. And both like to feel like victims. But if you consider cultural power, which one of the two is more powerful? It, this should not be a hard, hard decision to make. Get a group of 10 random Americans together. Make a joke making fun of a Christian. Anyone, anyone in that group going to be offended by it? Anyone going to speak up and say, oh, you shouldn't make fun of them. You shouldn't make fun of the Christians. No, nobody cares. Now make a gay joke. How's that going to go in that group of 10 Americans? For that matter, make a Muslim joke. Like, it's, How's that going to go for you? I think we all know it doesn't go well. There's one group it's okay to make fun of. And because of that, there is a, there's Christians who feel like victims, and then there's a bunch of other like LGBT folks who feel like victims, and it's never healthy, even accurate, to feel like a victim because you can always... Make steps to try to change your circumstances. Okay, now back out of that subset conversation and in back to Chappelle. Last thing he talked about that I wanted to cover is he he made fun of us. He made fun of all of us. He made fun of cancel culture. If you've not heard that on the internet yet, it's the idea of once you have said something that upsets any group of people, they can try to cancel you. Like, right, this happened to is that guy, guy's name Mario Lopez. He played Slater on Saved by the Bell. 
And then he had a career doing like talk shows. But he said something about uh, it was construed as you know, parent. He said a smart thing. Parents, you know, don't need to be coaxing their three year olds into hormone therapy and changing their sex or changing their gender, and that made a bunch of people mad. And they tried to ruin his career. They tried to ruin his life. This ha- this happens often. Kevin Hart's another good example. If you say a thing we disagree with, we try to ruin your life. That kid from Covington, Co- Covington Catholic, who was misconstrued and mis. Uh, misrepresented misrepresented by the media, that Catholic kid who was staring at the Native American guy at that protest thing. Uh, they tried to they tried to ruin his life. They tried to ruin his pan, uh, They tried to ruin his parents' business. And by they, I mean the Twitter mob. I mean there's a group of people that want to know everything they can about him and just find ways to sabotage their life. It's called cancel culture. And Dave Chappelle makes fun of all that, as he should. And the way he makes fun of it was. You know, here, here's a. There's coming a day where I'm going to say something where you all decide that I'm the worst person, and here you all are. You're at home watching me on Netflix. You're you're listening to me right now, and retroactively, you're going to decide that you never you never admired me, and I was always a bad guy, and it's just not fair. And so there's a, a point there to be made about having some grace for one another and not having this stupid culture where we're just constantly trying to wreck each other. So Dave Chappelle, it's out there. It's good, it's interesting, but again, it is not. It's not clean. I can't put that word on it. But there's some cultural commentary there that's 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 interesting. Next up, some uh, some a bill going through Congress. I I, I was talking to some folks lately about social media addiction. This is my personal life. Cuz I I'm not convinced that I'm not addicted to my phone. I think I am. I think I'm addicted to my iPhone to the extent that like I'm having to actively like when I stop at a red light not pick it up. But when I stop at a red light, I, I was just noticing compulsion. Grab it, look at it, see what's going on. And it's not good. It's not good to be able to it's not good for our brains. It's 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 not good for for any of us and I, I think we just have a mass social media addiction especially I mean, you go my age and younger. It's everywhere. And there are folks recognizing that we did this thing with like the iPhone in 2008. And as typically with science and technology, we didn't ask should we, we asked can we. And so we have this we have this consequence that maybe none of us saw coming or we didn't know how to handle. And that is people addicted to their phones and addicted to social media. There's a bill going through Congress that I would love to get your thoughts on. I struggle with this because I think the bill is good-hearted and I think it makes some great points, but I'm just never for regulation. I don't like regulating companies. I want people to behave and change their behavior. I don't like regulation of stuff. But it uh, this bill targets some of the things that social scientists are saying are leading to our addiction. Here's one example. On YouTube, years ago, they added autoplay. Which means if you watch one video that you went out there to look for, YouTube's algorithm and everything it knows about you, because YouTube is Google, they will pick a next video that you think you might like. And whether you click anything or not, even if you don't click anything, it's going to feed you the next video. And it will literally do that for all of time until you die. Like You don't actually have to actively go find the next video you want to watch. It's just going to keep giving you videos. This bill would ban that. It would, be- it would ban autoplay from any kind of video site. This ban 
would take on Snapchat and what some of you older folks won't know, but I didn't really know until I did some research on this. It's apparently a thing on Snapchat for these young these younger set out here to have these things called streaks. Because Snapchat will tell you how many days in a row you've messaged with a friend. And so they friends then set up goals to never break the streak, to never go a day without communicating with one another because they don't want to break the streak. But that's that's one of the things that causes addiction. Because I think that's true of my Bible app. The Bible app has a thing in it that when you first open it, it tells you how many days in a row, like what kind of streak you're on. At some level, it just keeps me wanting to open the Bible app. I want to make sure my streak stays up. On Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram, they are set up as something called endless scroll. So literally, there is no bottom to Facebook. There is no bottom to Instagram. There is no bottom to Twitter. You can scroll for the rest of your life, and it will continue to find something to put in front of you. This bill seeks to end endless scroll. And they could do it different ways. Like one of the one of the people I talked to kind of works in this world says they wouldn't mind a situation where after like five minutes of just scrolling down your timeline, Facebook or Instagram just pops up something, Twitter just pops something up that says, you've been scrolling for five minutes. Do you want to keep scrolling? Just to let you know what you're doing. Uh, but it might actually lead the software developers to have to come up with like uh, a refresh button where you have to actively think, oh yeah, I guess I've been scrolling forever and I should probably stop. So uh, here's where I, I stand, I think. I, I don't like the idea of regulation, but I see this as a real problem. It's real, man. The the ability of people to pay attention, our inability to put our phones down, like it is it is bad and I don't know how to address it. I don't know if I want Congress addressing it, but I'd love your thoughts. I'd like to get your thoughts on that generally. Social media Addiction and also this bill going through Congress that probably has very little chance of passing. But in any of those ideas that you just heard about trying to manage that social media addiction, you can reach the show in several ways. Corey Truax Show at gmail.com. Corey Truax Show at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail, and I wish more of you would do that. But one of the things that surprises me is there's a lot of you listening, and you guys don't leave voicemails, and I'm, my feelings are hurt. I'm just kidding. But if you can leave a voicemail on Anchor, you can contact me on Marco Polo, put your voice out there, or you can just write it up. I'd love to get your opinion on this social media stuff as well. Let's see. What else do I want to do with our time together? Actually, now I'm thinking about the irony that I didn't say. Also, you can get me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Hey, I would love to know your thoughts on these social media ideas. So email me or call in on an app. But you can also get me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram if you want. Uh, probably last thing. It went semi-viral. There was a church, a predominantly African-American church in Alabama that their pastor put on their church sign. Two sides. One side said, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the story in front of me, but I'm, I think I'm right. Uh, it says, a black vote for Donald Trump is insanity, maybe? Is, is, is insane? I think it said insane. A black vote for insan- for Donald Trump is insane. The other side says a white vote for Trump is racism. All right, well, let's deal with this stupidity. Uh, I have a lot of credibility. I love having credibility. One of my credibilities is I don't like the president, and primarily because primarily I don't like deeply immoral, horrible people, and he's one of those. Uh, but no, um, a white person voting for him doesn't mean they're racist. That is a whole different set of motivations that people have. A part of the motivation I, f- I find for a lot of people is they just look at the left and look at Democrats and go, no, no, not them. What's my other realistic option? Now, I don't live there. 
I live in the world of, I'm just not going to let these people dominate me. I If they want to go fight amongst themselves, I'll do something else. If, this, if Republicans and Democrats constantly want to put up terrible people. So, uh, no, it's inaccurate, it's wrong, it's also the wrong thing for a church to do. This is not a church's job to say such incendiary and inaccurate things. A white person voting for Donald Trump is not racist, that's insane, it's insulting, it's idiotic. A black person voting for him being insane. Same type of bombastic language that's unneeded. There's nuance in everything... We would do well to find the grace to have the nuance to talk through those things with with one another. But maybe my bigger point here is it's just not for a church. The points are bad, but that's not what the church is for. We kind of started the show this way. The church is doing something eternal. The church is doing something for all of time. You know, the, this, this, uh, here's a good way to blow your mind. O- on... The earth right now, there are more black women who are Christians than white men. When you look at the demographic, because of what what the Lord has done in Central Africa, and how the, uh, the, the disintegration of faith in Western Europe, I think the number is getting pretty close now that there are more South Korean Christian men than there are Christian men in the United States. Like, that might blow your mind, but, like, the, the church isn't America. The two aren't the same. And so when we involve ourselves this deeply in these, these secular contests for political power, we're getting distracted from our core mission. And so for this Alabama church sign, just a terrible idea. Hey, would you send me more stuff for the show? In our final 30 seconds here, let me appeal to you. I want to get your thoughts on that social media stuff, any responses to the show this week. But this show is always best when you send me materials that you find interest in and you let me respond to it and work on it, that's what I know the show's at its best. And I want the show to be good for you. I want you to keep listening. I'm honored that you do. And we always want to make sure we're getting better all the time. We'll be back with another new edition of the show next week. Until then, everybody, peace and love.